and welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast, brought to you by the Adventure Archive. My name is Ryan. And I'm Kirby. Hello. And today, we are going to be going over the Rules Light Horror TTRPG Squishy. Uh, this is from um, Emmett Kiernan, with art from Mike uh, Wassian, and uh, design from Die Sugars, whose name is on a lot of stuff that I've been finding recently. So uh, they do a fantastic job. So this is uh, this is a fun one. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we every time you come on, we we chat a little bit about like you know like what the heck are we gonna do? And uh, we decided to do a horror episode this time uh, because we're also gonna be chatting about uh, what else are we chatting about today? Uh, Dead Horse Magazine, but well, I'll just leave it there so everybody can have their their. Uh, I don't want to say dirty things on your stream, so whistles wetted. There you go. I don't know. That's that's good. So yeah, so we're we're gonna we're going to hop into Squishy. My phone just said reminder. You're supposed to be doing this right now. So thank you for letting me know. Um, we're gonna hop into that. Squishy, Squishy's fun. It's really fucking fun. This is uh, yeah. this is one of the ones that was put out from um, Exalted Funeral. It's got the little Exalted Funeral tag on the back here. Um, but there's been some. I think I think there's three adventures, and I I know that two have been printed because I I have them. Um, and there's a third one on um, uh on um emit itch uh fuck i can't remember what it what what the itch is now we'll find it at the end but it's like sugar render or something like that we'll make sure we send that link out but um two of them are really fun the first one uh, they're all really fun is called dance till you're dead this is a big gorgeous zine um very different art style um and then than the um uh squishy zine itself it definitely yeah. has like this kind of amalgamation of like different things, but it's really neat, very art, very artsy. And then uh, we were just talking about Halloween Babysitter. Um, these are both, yeah, these are all exalted. Um, really, really fun little this scene. One, the Halloween Babysitter is like, I said this before we started the stream, but this is one of my favorite game books that I own because just of, because of how fun it is to lo just look at. Like it's like a comic book for like a twelve year old. It's yeah, but like awesome, but like murder, like oh yeah, yeah, you know, for a murderous twelve-year-old, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really neat, really interesting. It's got a lot of fantastic art, some really cool spreads. But the beginning really is a comic. Like there literally is like a comic in the yeah. in the beginning of it. So really cool, really neat. Um, this is a fun game. Uh, this is definitely going on the list of games that. Fuck! If I could just start one, um, then we'll get a series going. But this is one of the ones that is absolutely going to be going. Yeah, I maybe if I start talking about it, if I start talking about it on here, maybe it'll force me to actually do it. Um, I have a plan to start a, a series called Side Quests, which is a lot of these, especially rules like games we've gone over where we get to review them. But maybe a lot of people haven't played them or there's not like a lot of APs for them. Really want to have like a one to two sessions for each one and bounce through a lot of the games that when we review them, um, we're like, fuck, I want to play this super bad or I've read this a bunch of times and haven't had the opportunity. Really want to do that. This is definitely going to go on that because it's so light, yeah. so easy, super quick. So um, why don't we just hop into it and we'll get crack-a-lacking. Yeah. Um, boom. So this is Squishy, a quick start horror game. First of all, vibes. Immaculate. Love it. Yeah. This is my, this is my shit right here. Like the mm -hmm. the art style of this, I'm already th I'm already trying to I'm already trying to contact uh, Mike Mike Wazion about doing art for uh, Dead Horse. <laughs> yeah, it's just so good. And I mean, I already have I have a 
don't know if you can see this, but a little Crypt Keeper head tattoo on my arm. And as I was looking through this, I was reminded of that tattoo. I was like, this is like very similar art style. I love it. Yeah. Well, they're, they're on Twitter at Corpsemonger. Um, I found them earlier. So uh, definitely, definitely want to check out there. But their style is yeah. definitely that that very far out there, um, gross, like punk. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, the punk, I'm not going to get into that, but like it's there, there's a, a, yeah. a genre of this kind yeah. of art. That's really, uh, I, I love the shit out of, I know that some people. Repugnant's got similar stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Repugnant yeah. has that. Um, there's a, a lot of the stuff from, um, blow dwelling sewer mutants has mm-hmm. that kind of like slime goreness to it. So, uh, really, really fantastic art and it really suits this game, um, incredibly well. Um, and because the game itself is super fucking light, the rules are like only just a couple of pages and the rest of it is just more add-ons to it. But, um, hopping into it, I really love the design, uh, of it all the way through as well. Um, I will say one thing that I, that is in the PDF, but that is also on here that I, I would, I would have liked a little bit differently, but it's not a big deal. The table of contents is the back cover. Um, would have really liked actually to see this page, which is kind of like a, a this kind of like hex comb grid over the interior art or the cover art on the back, and maybe this replaced by the table of contents. But that's about that's about the only bit that um, was a little bit different for me. Um, it is a short enough zine that it does have bookmarks, but it doesn't have hyperlinks. But again, it's it's literally like you know 20, 30 pages, so that's not a, a huge drop off on a short zine like this. Um, but um, again, overall, really, really love the layout and graphic design of this mixed with the uh, the art style. Um, yeah. So hopping in uh, quick, mm-hmm. let's play a horror game. Um, a rules light system for those who want to run a survival horror scenario in a pinch. Uh, Squishy is good for players who want a challenging experience without a lot of number crunching uh, for TTRPG newbies and veterans for large groups. If you want, it's a D10 system. Um, and most important, the system is super quick. Character creation is very abstracted. If you are one of those grognards that really likes to just, you know, jerk off with your fucking mm-hmm. dice, this is not the game for you. Um, this is extremely um, abstracted. And I really enjoy that for a lot of the rules light style stuff. Yeah, this, this when I was reading through it earlier today, I, I realized how how different this is than a lot of the other games that i have that are extremely rules light even um what was the last one we did together uh i can remember I don't know, every time we um, do one you're like man i would make a whole game for this like yeah, so right. i don't know but no it the was, last one it we was did, uh i wish i could remember off the top of my head because i don't want to wait i don't want to just sit here thinking about it but the i remember thinking like wow this game is so cool because it's so it's so just simplistic. Like everything is just so easy and simple and the numbers just make sense. But like, I love this even more because of how the numbers are basically irrelevant. Like it's literally yeah. like, yeah, just, you know, just get like, if it works, then you just say it's a 10, like, <laughs> like some of this shit's like that. And I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely blanking on what we did for the last one. Cause the one we did prior to that, which was one of the first times you were on that we really, really did like a really deep dive, I think was when we did a uh, slipgate checkpoint. Um, we did, yeah, we did that. And we, then did we did packs and blades. Dead. Oh, packs and blades. Yeah. And then it must've been packs and blades. Maybe it was packs and blades. 
Was yeah. that the last episode? I, mean, I don't want to. I, I don't want to spend time talking about it. But yeah, I'm just trying to remember. Like the, I was just thinking about that. How I I love the games that are so so simple. But then this one mm-hmm. just takes that on a different in a different direction where it's like it's so simple that you could just make shit up, make the rules up while you play. Like it, yeah. make the numbers yeah. up. It doesn't fucking matter. Like. Well, that's the thing is like the numbers for them for a lot of the time don't matter. And it's a yeah. really interesting way to to run a game, especially for like it specifically says this is for people that don't want to do a whole lot of number crunching. And that's yeah. uh, that's really cool. So um, so character creation really expounds on that. And again, man, I just I love the graphic design throughout this. I think that if this is uh, I believe it was Die that did a lot of this, the mix of their graphic design with um, Mike Wassian's art throughout this entire thing is is just perfect like perfect yeah i even really love this texture that they put on all of the pages so it's not just like a plain white it's so much nicer on the eyes and so much nicer in the design that it's really cool so um this is character creation we got a couple of big pieces with like i don't know weird deformed children rotting with needles in their heads and stuff um a lot of the yeah (laughs) a lot of the zine has this um kind of like green like almost like a dark chartreuse color throughout that's really really beautiful um and uh yeah so character creation jump into a world of survival horror in six simple steps love when we get a list of steps skate wizards thank you ozo yep. skate that's wizards yes yeah okay. love that shit yeah 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 so damn you you're almost getting double digits on some of these episodes man that is why you are a our de facto third host yeah. um so step one, the GM lets the players know what time period and basic setting in the game place the game takes place in and gives him a moment to come up with a character idea and name. That's it. So I could be like, hey, we're doing a Jack the Ripper era Victorian England. Um, think of a name and a, and a character idea. And you could be like, OK, well, then I'm going to be some, you know, I'll be like a detective or whatever. And boom, there's your whole fucking shit. Yeah. Um, step two, the GM asks players to write down the following list on a piece of paper. Why don't you make a fucking character while we do this? Are you down for that? Or do you want to? Yeah. All right. So, okay. So then why don't we stick with, uh, why don't we just stick with like, uh, let's just do nineties, nineties, small America, you know, classic kind of like uh, nightmare before Elm Street. Halloween. There you You go. Yeah. Let's do, let's do that. So that's, that is the time period and basic setting. We're, we're talking about suburban, suburban America, um, Mid October, oh. Halloween creeping up. Um, decorations are already out in the uh, mid mid nineties. We'll say so. That's it. So what is your Hollingswood, Indiana? That's where we're gonna go. Hollingswood. Perfect. So what is a, what is a character idea that you want to have for that? You want to be like a teenager? You want to be like the yeah. Um, let's say I'm gonna be the uh, the mechanic's daughter. Uh, okay. She's gonna be like super super beefy and super like technical um gotcha. but extremely like, not savvy with like God. you know her attitude going real gotcha. tomboy tomboy style i was style. gonna say so what, what we used to call tomboy in the 90s yeah yeah back um, in the 90s we called them tomboys yeah yeah versus you know anyway um so step two the gym asked the players to write down the following list on a piece of paper so i need you to write down on that same paper Gotcha. There are one, two, three, four, five. There's six stats, right? The first is brains. The second is brawn. The third is moxie. Uh, the fourth is handiness. 
The fifth is combat, and the final one is survival. Those are your stats. That's it. You got mm -hmm. six stats, six stat system, and that's what it is. Um, and then step three, uh, the GM asks the players to write the following descriptors next to each stat, matching them in a way that best describes how that character might play. What I think would be really fun with this would be like almost like a like a serial killer like um letter cut from a magazine character sheet where i literally yeah. hand a little package to players and these are actually cut out already and then they that can just be, like yo. do the lines and shit i think yeah, squishy so you needs could, some disaster tourism supplemental material there you go so i would have the six <laughs> there and then i would have the other ones and you would literally and i would hand a glue stick to you and you would literally just glue stick and you would slap these like dis these uh, dis descriptions next to the the stat. So um, yeah. so these are the descriptors you put next to each of yours. You got shit, kind of bad, kind of good, okay, great, and superstar. So you match those with your stats, and that's that's that is how that is how that works. Um, there are numbers. There are there are numbers, but that is as far as you like. It, it determines like what you need to roll for this D10 system. So, um, once you have all those down, tell me in order which which ones you went with which ones. Like what which stat got what. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go um, uh, superstar for brawn, okay. and great for handiness. Okay. Uh, brains okay. Uh, combat kind of good, survival kind of bad, and then Moxie is shit. That sounds like the the buff tomboy um, mechanic's daughter. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. So uh, in the next section, we'll break down what this means numbers wise, but it should be enough to keep the casual players happy. Um, and it says see page four for the descriptor table. Um, so this will just kind of explain on the next page what all of that means. I, I really love the next page and, and just, first of all, again, how it's laid out, which is gorgeous. Um, yeah. But uh, the descriptors here. So step four, the GM asks the players to write something that they are especially good at or especially bad at relating to each descriptor. So this can be written in brackets next to the descriptor. So the examples here, they have handiness, combat, and brains. So for handiness, it says it could mean art or mechanical engineering or hacking, which I assume for yours, since you're the mechanic's daughter, it's going to be like machine tinkering or something like that. Yeah. Um, say, combat could... Yeah, machines. Yeah, so combat could be hand-to-hand -hand or a specific gun or melee. Mm. So it is, it's more specific. You're basically picking your, like... Um, if these are your abilities, you're picking the skills that are associated with it, and you get like one really good one, right? So mm -hmm. uh, brains could be wit, toughness, medical knowledge, or even psychic powers. So again, you could have like the mechanical handiness bit to it, and if you want for the brains, you could have that be like the the actual know-how, like whatever, if, if that's yeah, how you yeah. are, something like that, yeah. Um, so especially good at or especially bad at relating to each descriptor. So if you have like shit and stuff like that, you should put like what you're super shit at for for each one as well. Um, so there's a section here that says, hey, GM. Um, so this is talking to the gym. It says, let them know that they will get bonuses when they try to carry out actions related to their specialty. Right. But if they try to roll for something related to a stat that is too far removed from their chosen specialty, it won't be quite as good a margin for success. This is called a stray roll. The bonus debuff effects for specialty and stray rolls are reversed for the negative descriptors, right? So um, 
that stray rolls are the ones that that's the only part that i was a little bit like i had to reread um um Yeah, someone in the chat said brains equals toughness. Um, I think that might be in the sense of like being smart enough to like evade or something like that, being smart in combat as opposed to like your physical like toughness or more like a will thing. Like yeah, I can see as that. opposed to physically being tough. I think will probably is a, is a good interpretation for that. So the stray rolls are the only ones that when we get to it, we'll, we'll chat about a lot because I just want to make sure I have that correct in my mind. Um, so what did you, what, what did you want to go through all of yours or are you good with just yeah. going through just the first couple? So what, what, what did you pick for your, uh, for your specialties in each one? So brains I had. Okay. So my specialty is problem solving. Um, okay. brawn was my superstar. So that one is heavy lifting, lifting engine blocks and shit. Uh, moxie is my shit. So, uh, flirting uh handiness i am great at so i chose machines and machine parts that kind of thing combat i'm kind of good at so i chose baseball bat as like just a standard thing swinging hitting that kind of shit and then survival was kind of bad and that would be planning ahead okay i like that those are great that's fantastic so those are your um the your specialties that go with your stats that go with your descriptors that go with with all of that so that's great so that's most of character creation right there so um step five is the first dice roll um each player rolls a d100 and that is your luck so hit me with that d100 shit i don't have a d100 out uh you're gonna have to do it i don't have a d100 okay. handy no worries. I will throw a D. Actually, you know what? Just do exclamation point D100 oh, yeah. in yeah. chat. I do believe that I have. Um, Done. 62. 62. Boom. Um, I also, while we're rolling dice and stuff, I'll show off this real quick. I just got this um, from Critical Machines. This is my new electronic dice oh, roller. Yeah. That cool. is really dope. I'll unplug this real quick and throw it in. Uh, so basically, when you have like the dice that you need to roll, I could just hit D100 and it'll give me a D100. So really, really fun little thing I got here from Critical Machines uh, across the pond. Um, uh, anyway, so you got a 62. So this is your uh, luck. This is your stay alive money. Um, this is uh, uh, points that you can spend um uh to pass rolls that you missed or if you straight up die from one of the gm's more deadly monsters you can choose to set uh your luck to zero and continue onward um in a game be sure to describe in detail what would have happened if they didn't burn their luck so basically when you this is you have 62 points to make rolls successes or to not die with that's what luck is and then step six uh, get them to write down HP next to their name and draw a box next to it. If that box, uh, in that box, they can fill in how much HP they have. If you want this to be more of an, an action-oriented D&D-style smack the monster type game, you might want to let them take their bronze stat as their HP or even roll a D100 and take whatever they get. But seeing as this game is called Squishy, I recommend giving them all a flat starting HP of 16, make a death only, be one or two hits away. It always makes combat ball more interesting. I like that. We'll just say HP 16. You good yeah. with that? And yeah. that's mostly 
And Always. so essentially, that's sort of it. Um, <laughs> and then there's a really cool, extraordinarily gruesome piece of art here, um, mm -hmm. which is just like a, a face, but it's like, oh, it almost looks like a shotgun blast went to it. But it's got like a mm -hmm. 3D-ness to the gore. That's fantastic. Um, and then there is a stat table on this page. Um, I think in the context of the zine itself in spreads, um, this page, yeah, uh, ties right into the next one, which it says another basically full page piece, but it just says beyond the six steps. So if that's all you wanted to do, you could play the game like that. There's a whole section yeah. here where it's like full page art, full page art, full page art. It's a nice, nice batch right in the middle of a lot of really good art. Um, but there is more that you can do. What did you pick for your name for your character? Oh shit, I didn't pick a name. Um, let me see, Is there, I think there's a name generator in the back, isn't there? Or no, it's not, Is it's there not a name generator. No, it's um, it's a other stuff in generator. Random tables, yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna pick the name of the person who wrote uh the Halloween Babysitter, Valkyrie T. Luff Crew. I'm gonna say my name is Valkyrie. There you go. Friends call you Val. Yes. Boom. Thumbs up. So you got Val. All right. So that is that's the core of the game right there. Um, and then there's more, which I which I really like. I like the extra little nitty gritty bits here. Um, so you can peep the next section to see how all of the stat descriptors function when it comes to dice rolls and then start playing. So these are necessary parts, actually. Um, there are some ideas for how to run monsters just ahead on page 8-2 and some ideas for different kinds of magic systems on page 18. Um, I'm going to get... I'm going to... I'm gonna With some of these smaller ones, I'm just going to start hyperlinking shit. Um, so... Mods, oh, my God, dude. Yeah. The... This is the piece I used for for the socials. Like, yeah, it's just uh, it's the maggots in really... the eyes and stuff. Oh, my, oh god. my god, it's fantastic. Yeah, I actually, cool. I'm just gonna go ahead and turn the zoom off and and really, really get this one in there for people. It's like, look how gruesome that is. It's so good, and the art color is so vibrant. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I love again. Like, this is the kind of stuff for small zines that really hits that vibe stat that we're going to be talking yeah. about later. Because um, with a lot of the small zines, I know there's a little bit of discourse uh, around art in tabletop role-playing games, but um, it's oh, really that... nice to have something... Yeah, yeah. It's really nice to have something that um, really pulls you into the game when you have a, a thing that is this small. So, mods and mechanics. Um, there are also extra mods you can add to character creation and gameplay related to what your ideal playstyle and tone is. Um, there is sanity and fear, experience and leveling, and psi slash magic. I love sanity and fear for sure. Yeah. Um, and the psi magic one, you know, experience and leveling is really if you want to do more than just one shots, and the psi magic is if you want to have you know, psychic and magic stuff in your game, which, you know, I think in a lot of horror, I wouldn't, um, but it would depend on, like, the setting. If I was really going to lean into something more, like, Lovecraftian or, like, put this more into, like, a quasi, you know, medieval, you know, or sword and sorcery, kind of, like, Black God's Kiss setting, I would definitely have that, but if it's, like, mm -hmm. 90s, you know, suburbia, I don't know if I'd have, like, Psy and Magic, um, but it's, I like that there are options to both have it and not have it, and it doesn't break the game either way. Yeah, and they do they do go over a couple of, of different options of each of those too later on as well in different ways you can incorporate them. 
low magic, high yeah. magic, that kind of shit too. So absolutely. So we'll 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 hit all that as we get there. Um, so these will add extra steps to character creation, although some of these can be brought up mid-game. Um, and they say that we'll explicitly point out when this is applicable, though, so don't worry. And of course, feel free to add any hacks or mods. Another great piece of art in the bottom left of the page here. It's got a very, gosh, like, uh, I don't even know it's how like to describe. swim from the 90s, like that kind yeah, of shit. Gonna, this is like the 90s. This is screams 90s, right? This is the kind of shit that you would see from like... Uh, like someone in like eleventh grade who's rocking like a um, smells like children shirt like on the back <laughs> of their fucking notebook, you know what I mean? Um, so uh, dice rolls when a player, NPC, or a monster has to take an action such as attacking, fleeing, boarding up a window, or driving a vehicle. So pretty much anything, they might be called on to roll a dice. To pass a dice roll, a player must roll a d100, and if the number they roll is under the number associated with their descriptor, they succeed. If they roll over the number, but less than 15 points over, the GM might find it in their heart to grant them either a light failure or a mixed success, depending on context. And if they roll under 10% on anything other than shit, um, they get a critical success. If they roll over 90% on anything other than a superstar skill, they crit fail. So this is the only part that does get like a tiny bit crunchy. It's like you actually, you really do need to look at this table um, mm -hmm. and bounce the math off of it so i want to do a couple of example rules just to to see where we're at with stuff so um real quick first though helpful tip uh, in the sake uh, of the flow of the game requires don't be afraid to let a player pass a roll for something they're good at automatically if they only fail by a few points let them off of the light fail so i like that there is a, a buffer for mixed success mixed success is one of my favorite mechanics in tabletop games so always love when that's in a game um but we we see automatic we see right away that the core for this um is a d100 roll under system right and then the stats yep. that you had really the number doesn't matter as much as the percentage based on what you chose which is interesting so you don't ever have a flat number yeah right right am i wrong no i mean it is kind of always a flat number it's it's the it's basically always going to be a flat number you're always going to be doing something except for if you're using the specialty in in that specific instance so right. if you if i'm using my brawn to do do some bullshit right like push open a door or something i could probably apply my specialty to that because it's lifting heavy objects i could make an argument for that so i'd be rolling under 85 whereas if it was going to be i don't know pulling a rope or climbing a wall that might be just a regular base which would only be 75 so that's I think that's uh, and the stray is like, I think that's like the the hardest one, right? Um, yeah, that's if so, like if you, for example, like if you're uh, if you have to roll a survival roll and specifically related to like planning ahead or something, and that's the shit yeah. that you had, then you get stray or like if your specialty was like mechanical tinkering or whatever mm -hmm. um, for handiness but the actual skill is maybe like what's something that's the polar opposite of like mechanical tinkering like pc hacking or something that would be like yeah, a brain probably, skill or yeah, something yeah. like you would you would potentially roll a stray on that you would you would be going for stray yeah. but see this is a part where i'm like i really want to go over something and go, so you don't have so super so like you're never going to write down, for example, or I guess maybe you could always write down, for example, like the numbers next to it. But let's say that what well, you just did for an example, right? So 
we get to um, uh, a door that you have to push open, right? So you're going to do a brawn roll, right? Mm -hmm. And what's your specialty in brawn? My specialty is heavy lifting. Heavy lifting. So we would say pushing the door open, right? So we're saying, so you were saying that will probably fit your specialty. So you roll a D100 and you just have to get less than 85. Yeah. Right. So, but if you get within 10 of 85, you get a critical success. A mixed success. Critical no, no, success. No, no, no. Oh, oh so you know, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry, I missed that last part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're within 10 points of of the actual thing. Well, no, See, this other, is... than, other than Superstar, right? You can't roll. Hold on. Oh, yeah, because you can't wait. So this is what I'm saying. This is the only part that gets a tiny bit confusing. Mm -hmm. if, you, if they roll over the number, but less than 15 points over, you get a mixed success, right? Um, if they roll under 10%. Oh, no, no, no. That's literally under 10. So you would have to roll mm -hmm. under 10 on anything less than shit. It's a critical success. And if you roll yeah. over 90 on anything other than superstar, it's a crit fail. So yeah. that is, those are flat numbers. You roll under yeah. 10 or 10%, you roll over 90. So if you go under, if you were to roll uh, an 80, you succeed, right? But if you were to roll a 87, you would fail, but I could potentially give you a mixed success because you're within 15 points of rolling over. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then say that you're rolling something. What is the stat that you're kind of good at? Kind of good is my combat, so like baseball bat. So Okay, so whenever you're trying yeah. to attack a monster with your baseball bat, right, you have to roll under 40%. Mm -hmm. Well, no, no, because it's your specialty under 45 but say you picked right. up a crowbar instead or something yeah, you would then have cool. to roll under a 40 percent or if it Here was a go. dagger or like something lightweight that's super like you know fast yeah. i would be rolling a 30 prop under 30 right cause... yeah cause i would definitely say stray would be yeah, yeah. like a, a pokey thing versus a baseball yeah. bat yeah you, you pick up a dagger and yeah you would have to roll under a 30 percent so okay yeah. so that makes sense just talking through it so basically the these this graph here gives you the flat numbers for everything that you want you could theoretically also just write these down next to your your stats too on your character sheet to just yeah. say what your stray specialty is but i guess you don't even really need to you could just have this sitting out for players and they would just always know what it is yeah, like just I would a quick reference just... card or something. Just yeah, I was gonna say that just that yeah. that page you could have as a little quick reference card on the table. Yeah, um, just print that even out, that, like, hold it over. Yeah. yeah, even that like doesn't really matter because you just like ask them what it is, you reference it on the roll, and you you're good. Like you know, because it's yeah. really irrelevant to the players what the number is. It's all on the GM's side to decide. You know, does this number match the thing? Good, done. You know, like that's... I really, I, I, I love that a lot. You know what I think would be a fun way to GM this too is to go full like quasi narrative with it for the um, for the players, mm -hmm. and literally just have the GM roll all of these behind a screen and just have the players say like, well, what do you want to do? And then I would hit my button on my new critical machine or whatever for yeah. a D100, and I'll say, ooh, like that's what you try to do. Like this was the outcome of it. And they could just go with never having to roll dice on their own at all if they really didn't want to. Because as a GM, all you have to do is hit D100, 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 yeah, yeah. everything. That'd that be really be fun cool. to do too. Because really then that lets the players, yeah. And it lets the players yeah. stay completely immersed the entire time. They never yeah. have it broken up by by dice. Um, and they never have to be like, ooh, wait, did I hit a 35? Did I hit a 32 or whatever? Mm -hmm. It could just be like, here's what you tried. Here's what, what worked and what didn't. That'd be a really fun way to play this game. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so that's the core mechanic. Um, you assign all of your stuff. Uh, you get a number when you attempt something. You have to roll under based on if it was your specialty, your base skill, or uh, a stray roll if you're really bad at that thing. And then that's the whole game. Um, next, we get into the monsters, which are also you know somewhat abstracted. Um, to jog your imagination, we're going to break monsters into four categories. I love the four categories of monsters. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, I think it's cool. It's it's like a super easy way um, to, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I kind of did something similar with, with Guild, but um, it's just a super easy way to just categorize your bestiary. And then when you get your supplements, people just reference the category, add their mm -hmm. own bonuses to it, and then, you know, you end up with... Uh, the phasing hunter or something like that right like you yeah. know it's i i love that concept i think that like core core rule books that have extremely extensive bestiaries and magic spell lists and all that stuff i think are kind of just over like it, it's not necessary let let people use their their creativity to come up with that kind of stuff i i mean i agree <clears throat> to a point on that but what i really like from a core rule book is like an okay bestiary because i like to know the context of what the creators were thinking when they write monsters and stuff oh, yeah. what i really what i really love to see is a page on how to build their own beast like fallen mm -hmm. has that i'm pretty sure pax and blades had one where like here's how to quick like yeah. do one or whatever um i really really like that a lot where it specifically says like to make a quick monster pick the level pick this pick that you know uh when we when we looked at um just yesterday when we went over vaults of iron from leo hunt there was a whole page on how the adversary worked and adversary types and i really like that and then like a decent sized bestiary but not too much um it's definitely not you know fucking 5e and yeah, yeah. anyway um so the the four monsters are broken down into the horde the stalker the overlord and a special monster so going over those real quick the horde is the lowest tier um they come with a lot of different varieties or they add variety to the game um they are lethal, but they have low HP, um, maybe even dying after one or two hits. So they're almost like kind of like quote unquote minion style, um, depending on the weapon used. And they should be relatively numerous and give the impression of being relentless. Um, have you ever seen Wonder Wonder Egg uh, Priority, the anime? No. For anyone out there who has seen Wonder Egg Priority, um, first of all, good job. And second, the bouncy, <laughs> the bouncy things. The first time she goes in there, that's what I imagine. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I love yeah. anime. So uh, yeah, so I love the Horde. They're basically supposed to be super low level, um, not a whole lot of uh, hit power, but just a shitload of them, and that's why they're called the Horde. Mm -hmm. And I love, I love that where you run into maybe one or two, you think it's easy, you turn the corner, and then there's like ten more, and then behind you there's like ten more, and then to your right there's like ten more, and you're like fuck, you know. I, I love that that vibe, and there's a cool little piece of art next to it. Uh, the next is the Stalker monster, and it says the Stalker should hunt the players over multiple encounters to provide a counterpoint to the challenge of the Horde. If the Horde is fast and small, the Stalker should be tall and slow. If the Horde is dim-witted, the Stalker should be terrifyingly intelligent, and the Stalker's attack should be lethal, and it should be extremely hard to kill. So it's literally supposed to be the direct opposite of the Horde, um, and it's I feel like it's one of the ones that should hop in take a big strike and then like bounce out, and the players should mm -hmm. constantly fear that it's going to drop in on them again. Um, the Overlord 
is the commander of the horde, the main manifestation of evil, and an unknowable ancient horror, and is the ultimate bioweapon, whatever it is. Um, and if you're playing with sanity, witnessing the overlord should be a huge danger to the mental and emotional well-being of non-monster characters. An attack should be fatal and should either require a special weapon, ritual, or trap to defeat or be completely unstoppable. The DM should drop hints and tease your lord's presence throughout the game. Um, so this is literally the BBEG. This is the final thing. This is the the worst of the worst. Uh, and literally just looking at it fucks you up. Um, and then there is the special. The special is a monster that looks, acts, and plays differently to any other creature in this session. It might be a spiritual entity that attacks a player's sanity and fear. Could be invent invisible or gigantic or have a projectile attack. It could be spreading fungus or disease. It could be a hallucination or alien implant trying to overcome the player's personalities. Um, feel like the players want to have the rug pulled out from underneath them. Bring out the special. So that's the four core monsters, and I love that spread for all games, uh, but also mm -hmm. for like horror games specifically. I think it's really dope. That top bar all the way across that just says monsters. It's just, yeah. it's great. So cool. It, it, this whole thing is really great. Is this actually viewable in um, two page scrolling spreads? No, see, I hate this. When And that's why I don't do it in spreads a lot because it doesn't break off the first one, um, the first page. But anyway, yes, I completely agree. It looks, um, it's really again the graphic design throughout this is really fucking good yeah. but um what are your thoughts on these four monster types um i think they're great i i i love uh like i said before i love the way that um i think a lot of games are kind of moving into using categorized like monsters and and weapons and other things like that like i just feel like that's the best way to go um but they do a great job of explaining in the description the various ways that you can use these which is good because it's also kind of like feeding examples to the people reading like this is how you do it without telling you how to do it right yeah um so i like that i i i, I do really feel like there's an interesting move in tabletop games and stuff in general that's kind of like often like uh on on said almost like on like an on 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 unsaid the only way i can describe it where everyone hated fourth edition D D, um and now a lot of people are putting stuff in their game that is literally just fourth edition D, &D. Yeah, like yeah. having more gamey bits to it having minion monsters having like once per like encounter powers and things like that i i think it's really interesting that everyone shit on 40 so hard and now they're basically saying everything wrong with 5e they should just fix it by doing x and x is just 40 so yeah. the, these kind of speak to me a little bit in the way that that does where there's literally just like minion monsters and stuff um, and the spread of the monsters here is really fantastic. I love that the horde is going to be your base bad guys, and there's a ton of them. The stalker is going to be, you know, the the mid level baddie that's going to come for you all the time. There's the final overlord boss, and then like just the weirdo special one that's going to pop out a bunch. It's really really cool. Yeah, and there's enough flexibility in there too, where you can just be like, you know, I I might I might mix mix some of the overlords like, um, not powers but like concept of like being whatever it is into the stalker or even into the horde like maybe the horde has one guy that's like slightly bigger and more mutated than the rest and he's like an offshoot of them of the overlords like you know 
appendix it like fell out of his stomach and became its own thing or something you know you could do weird right. stuff like that and you know the the rules are so so simple and 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 open that it's very easy to do that with yeah absolutely um uh, next is the section on how to run monsters and combat, which is really great. That is one thing that Zine does really well, is it tells you like how easy it is to do it, and it gives you plenty of examples. But like when we get into the the other the right after this, I love the way that they do examples here. But basically, monsters have three main stats: they have speed, horror, and ferocity. Um, speed uh, could be rolled with a chase within chase or combat for dodging, right? If the monster is very fat. Fast horror could be rolled against a player's brains or survival to try and frighten them. Um, and then ferocity is like a combination of their combat survival stat. So again, pretty broad, pretty abstracted. Um, definitely gives you enough information for running those three, but gives you a ton of freedom in the way that you build your creature and the way that you mm. want them to run in combat. Um, hit points. They also have them. Um, a good quick way of running hit points is to give the monsters a small pool of HP that is difficult to whittle down. I really like this part. This is interesting. A horde monster can have 1 to 3 HP, and every time a player succeeds a combat roll against a creature, the GM should tell them to roll a number of D10, depending on how they feel the strength of the weapon used and success of the attack would be to indicate damage. For every multiple of 10, the creature loses 1 HP. Every multiple of five dictates how staggered by the attack the enemy is, and it's staggered is highlighted, so we'll get into that. This is interesting. Um, I think there are, in my opinion, there might be like easier ways to to do this. One way, um, if they're gonna have one to three HP, and then they're like you're rolling a number of d10s or whatever for damage. Honestly, for a lot of these, I would just have no damage rolls at all, and just say like a successful combat roll just takes away one of the creatures' HPs. Like that's mm -hmm. it. So like it would take one if your if your horde monster has two HP, two successful combat rolls would kill it. Like, and I would not worry about damage. I think that's a really super easy way to do it. Um, yeah. But that does kind of take away the um, the stagger thing. So this basically says like because um, the part that really I think is maybe it's a little too abstracted. I think a little too hand wavy is this part here where it says. Um, if the player succeeds against a creature, the GM should tell them to roll a number of D10 depending on how they feel the strength of the weapon used and success of the attack would be. So, like, you're hitting with a baseball bat, and I'm like, well, I feel like you did maybe two D10s worth of damage with a baseball bat on that hit. But then later, I'll be like, well, now I feel like you maybe did four D10s worth of damage. Like, that's a little, maybe, like, for rules light, that's a little bit too hand wavy for me. Like, I yeah. do, like, a little bit more structure than we'll... Tell me how hard you think you feel like you hit. You know, that's just a bit too well, abstracted for me. I actually read this the opposite way. I read this that the GM should tell the player to roll a number of D10 based on how many, how strong the player feels like their weapon is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know if maybe that's. Well, that wasn't what you were saying, right? You, I thought yeah, you were saying. No, it is. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying I, the GM is making GM. That... Either way. Okay. Either way. Yeah. I was because thinking, I read it, and I thought the play, and I was reading it as the player making that determination. I actually really like that, because it kind of gives that, like, it kind of takes that narrative control back away from the GM a little bit, where, like, the mm -hmm. player, you know, which is, for me, I'm fine with that in some, in some cases, and I kind of like it because it's like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like the players should have a little more control, and sometimes I feel like they shouldn't, and, uh, 
I don't know. Maybe it doesn't work. It doesn't work in a lot of games, but I, I don't know. Maybe it would, maybe it works well in this one. I guess we'll find out when we play it on side quests. I think the <laughs> only, I think, I think the only thing that I would really need to make that just a little bit less hand wavy is context. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. like what, how would you say that you picked gun, right? And the other person picked bat, like as a player or a GM, if you're letting the player decide they're choosing how well their gun did versus another player who's choosing how well their bat did and their context of the D10s could be like a little bit different. So then the GM is at sure. least at center point for for whatever, um, for consistency at least. Um, so I think that's all it's missing is context of like what, how many D10s is considered a really hard hit and how many D10s is considered like a weak hit. If that had, if there was a line in here that basically said like 40 10 is considered really strong, then I would go, okay, based on just that one line, I can say contextually, I know what a baseball bat versus a bazooka is. And then I can understand a little bit yeah. more. That's the part where I feel like it's maybe just a little bit too hand wavy. Um, I feel like but you'd have a 30% chance of one shotting a creature with three HP if you had three D10. Potentially. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say that two or three D10 really would be a strong hit. Um, or, well, well, wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah, I was going to say average because it literally says, um, they should have low HP, maybe even dying from one to two attacks. So if, if, if three D10 would be like kind of like an average ish attack because the odds of you rolling, you know, 30 are pretty low right because it says every multiple of 10 so mm-hmm. if you roll 3d10 and get 20 that's 2 hp down um but if you roll 15 that's 1 hp down and they're staggered that feels mm-hmm. about that feels okay-ish but again we're still talking about like we're sitting down and having to figure all of that out here instead of having something just say like 3d10 is an average hit you know what i mean so you know what the, um, more, the more you talk about it the more i actually kind of like it <laughs> <laughs> because it's like yeah. wait hold on if i roll 2d10 and i roll a 15 i get one hp and it's staggered like i think that's actually kind of cool um yeah no but it's, i do it's, think it's... that you're right i i do think it is maybe just a tad it it needs just a little something but yeah yeah just uh just not not a ton and it could be so it could be individualized to your to your table but this is this is that fine line and rules light that goes from abstracted to hand wavy and i love mm. abstracted but hand wavy is where i like it starts to get a little too blurry for me um but uh but yeah so uh retreat if the combat roll goes under the creature's ferocity the creature might make a ferocity saving throw to avoid being forced to retreat. This only counts if the creature isn't mindless. So you can actually make like the stalk or retreat or something if you get a combat roll and, and force them away. Um, I, I like this page too, how it's split into like the black and white. And then it has these like cards of like different monsters across the bottom. Yeah. Really love that. Um, uh, great piece of art here with like a, uh, a house with those cards kind of in the windows. And then this like gruesome... I don't know, just horrific eldritch creature mm-hmm. and like creatures coming up over top of the house. Alive. Yeah. And this is an example of a block of monsters for a game of squishy. Um, I love this entire section here as the both. It, this is a really great way. It has an example of monsters. It also has an example kind of adventure that it does. Like this is one of the best ways I've seen to describe this kind of like abstracted rules light um 
to give all of the context that we're, we're just talking about um, uh, going through it. I really loved um, all of this. So yeah. it says, uh, example of a block of monsters for a game of Squishy. And so Kelsey, the GM, was able to convince their friends to uh, allow them to run a game of Squishy. Their setting is a haunted mansion run by an insane, immoral doctor. They quickly get to work creating the horrors that will plague their players. Um, I, 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 the pronoun usage here is really nice. Um, yeah. So... This literally walks through as if you are from the mind of the GM Kelsey um, creating the characters and why you would create them the way you did. So clever, right? So the horde is the melon heads. Uh, if we scroll down, it is these children that look like they've been turned inside out um, with <laughs> these giant fucking heads. Oh, like so it's, good. it's, yeah, it's got a very kind of like disgusting. Um, what, what are the gross cabbage patch kids? Uh, garbage pal kids garbage pal yeah. kids yeah it looks like a garbage pal pal kids been turned inside out yeah. um so kelsey the gym decides to use the urban legend the melon heads to inspire the mansion's horde the description is a gaggle of children who have been experimented on their heads becoming bulbous their flesh rotting away their hunger becoming insatiable and kelsey has decided to make them fast hard to hit but weak to damage cowardly and weak without a weapon so she stats them so yeah so they stat them thusly they have one hp by the end of the game they'll be attacking in fairly large groups so kelsey reckons there's no sense to making them too hard to kill because the melon heads innocent childlike looks kelsey makes a mental note to have the players make a fear save anytime they kill one because they look like little kids so it's gonna fuck you up um yeah the speed of the monsters is set to 65 percent because they're supposed to be fast but not insanely fast the horror is 50% um, because she figures over time they become less frightening. Um, and they set the modifier to minus 5% horror for each following encounter. So it's 50% to start. And then each time you encounter them, you reduce it by five. And then ferocity is 45% because, yeah, if they have a kitchen knife or whatever, Kelsey thinks shouting down that without weapons, their ferocity is 30%, um, as well as they do 1d10 damaged arm and uh, armed and unarmed. So there's a little bit of context right there for uh d10 damage so a slash by a little melon head kid with a dagger or with their fist or whatever is only 1d10 damage yeah so there comes in a little bit of the context um next is the stalker which is the crawler um uh they're small they're fat they're supposed to be small no the melon heads are small and fast um so this should be slow and heavy um, it's an early experiment. It's a psionic crawler that drags itself around and moans in pain. Um, she's going to make it slow, relentless, high HP, and can break down doors and use psychic powers. So it's got HP 5, slow to attack, slow to maneuver, um, not great at sneaking up on players, soaks a lot of damage, so it's a lot higher than the kids. Um, Kelsey reckons, though, that if the players can blow up the brain or turn the brain on, or uh, set the brain on fire, it'll drop to one HP. So the speed is 25% because it's slow. The horror is 65% because it is more scary. And the ferocity is 75% because it's harder to kill. Um, its main attack is an instant kill, but it takes two turns to complete. It picks up a victim and then either slams them on the ground or tears them apart. So again, Ooh. you are squishy. It can kill you in two hits. Jesus right so polar opposite of the melon heads really cool overlord is the doctor um great piece of art here um i feel like that's almost like the guy from the the, the art uh from the main page we showed earlier 
Uh, the doctor is the villain. They're half rotten, half embalmed, corporeal revenant. Um, they the HP is not applicable. So we talked about it being um, uh, more than just uh, HP to kill it. You have to do something special. Um, the doctor can be staggered, but can only be defeated by burning its original remains, which are buried in the woods. Um, did we did we touch on what staggered means? I know we, it's been highlighted a couple times. I don't remember if I we saw think, what that means. I don't think we've gotten there yet. I think that might be at the end of this section. Gotcha. Um, this the speed. Well, we'll we'll control F it and try to find it in a second. Yeah. So the speed is twenty five percent, which means it's slow, but it can teleport. Um, the horror is seventy five percent. Um, because it exudes raw horror and radiates the sound of crying children. Um, and it can temporarily convert players into its acolytes, and the ferocity is 55%. The doctor can attack with its scalpel for 1d10 damage or vomit acidic bile for 2d10 damage. So I think that an average attack is literally is just 1d10, and then everything above that, it gets harsher and harsher and harsher. So vomiting acidic bile from the big bad is only 2d10. It seems like 1d10 is pretty average hit, and you just kind of go up from there. So 3d10 might actually be like a pretty pretty brutal hit. Yeah. Um, so, but if you hit with a bat with your specialty um, and get really good, I would give 2d10 for a specialty hit. 1d10 for base hit, 2d10 for a specialty hit is what it feels like for me. feels good. Mm-hmm. And then a crit maybe even throws a little more. Um, and then those are the three monsters. And then the special one, I love this piece of art here too, where there's this like, I don't even know what the fuck. Like, it's a melon head being disemboweled. <laughs> yeah. And like all of it's like, it's like squirting juice from everywhere. I want this as a tattoo. That's pretty fucking disgusting and dope. I love it. Um, Get it. Get it. Right on them cheeks. Um, Creeping Spawn is the special. Um, It's some other horror stalking the mansion, but growing inside of it. So it's a diabolical mold that absorbs living flesh, creating hybrids of human and animal flesh. Um, It scrabbles at doors um, of quarantine rooms which contain key items. The spawn will be largely immobile, but can spit out multiple limbed freaks, which crawl around in search of creatures to infect. Um, HP is 1 to 3, speed is 0 to 30%, the horror is 55%, and the frosty is 45%. So, again, I really, and then another gorgeous, huge page piece of art here that ties in with the other spread, which is great. I love the context of everything that they just did for creating an adventure, walking through from the context of the GM, and writing it as if you were writing it. That is such a clever way to yeah. give context for a rules light scene. I think it's fantastic. And actually answer the question that we had just a bit ago on what's an average hit. Yeah. Yeah, this th- that that whole section right there is like honestly just amazing and it you know, even with the the page before it with the, the little chapter title page or whatever with the haunted house on it, like mm. I just love that because I immediately was like you just you just instantly can come up with all kinds of ideas for like I don't even need to populate this with anything. It's just a fucking nasty house that these people I don't know did they get kid a bunch of people got kidnapped and they're gonna turn be turned into melon heads or something. Now they escaped and now they have to get out. Like you know it's just super easy, quick, fast. Just throw it on the table, go. Like I love it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, fear and sanity. This is the uh, section for that. We're, we're we're so we're we're past all the monsters and these are the bonus stuff that you can add to it. So fear and sanity. Most horror, most horror RPGs have fear or sanity system to represent emotional and psychological toll. Um, sometimes it can be really fun. And Squishy, it's an optional mod. Some people don't like that. Um, so uh, it makes sense. This is kind of one of those, like, talk to your players beforehand. Um, some people might be down for, like, gross stuff, but not might, might not be down for, like, sanity and things like that, depending on, you know, 
whatever they feel like. Uh, so this is it's nice to have as an optional mod um, and something you can talk to your players about. So the brain drain, the downward brain drain, downward spiral of insanity. This is not something you can spring on your players mid game. It's an extra step in character creation. Um, basically, the GM asks the players to pick which stat brains, moxie, or survival. So which of your three stats, brains, moxie, or survival, are you going to pick for your sanity? Oh, I mean, it would probably be. Hmm. I assume it would be my superstar, which would be. Uh, oh, sorry, no, my uh, brains monster survival. It would be my highest one on that. Would be brains, which is my okay. okay. Yeah. So brains. So you. Uh, they have the highest. So yeah, whichever one has the highest, um, the GM will tell you to set that number as your sanity. So your sanity is also okay. Um, when you witness a new creature or horrific event, like seeing the BBEG for the first time, you must make a sanity save attempt to roll under your existing sanity score. Um, if you fail, you lose 1d10 sanity at a minimum. So if you're just okay at brains, which would be what, like a, I don't remember what the what the table for for that stat was. Um, you would have your, you said you're okay. That's a 55%. 55%. So, yeah, every time you fail the save, you roll 1d10 and reduce your, your save by that. Mm -hmm. um, but you can regain sanity by killing monsters, sleeping, eating, or whatever. Um, when sanity drops to zero, you become insane um, or uh, or an NPC, and it's essentially death. But you but can be cured if you get therapy. decent therapy. Yeah. There you I go. have a decent therapist, so I think I'll be all right. There you go. Um, so there's actually two ways to do, um, insanity. That's the first one is basically like a, a, a constant reduction in your insanity over time. The second one is the freak out meter. Um, this is called the pressure cooker. It's something that GM can spring on the players mid game. Um, the GM simply needs to tell them to take X points of fear when they fail a horror check or witness something awful. When a situation reaches a suitable crisis point, the GM asks players to roll 2d10. If the player rolls under their current fear, they freak out. The GM will then give the player three tough choices of how they're going to freak out, and uh, the player will pick one. Fear can be shed by killing monsters, sleeping, and doing it. So this is more of like a, a panic mothership table. Yeah. So if these yeah. were your two options as a GM, would you do more of the brain drain, or would you do more of like the freak out panic? uh por qué no los dos <laughs> i mean i guess theoretically you could do both but um uh, no i i would probably do the freak out meter um obviously i would I, uh i would let them know ahead of time that that's a thing i'm going to have in the game but i i would prefer that one just because i feel like it would be more fun to yeah. pop um but i but i definitely think that if you were planning to play a longer term game, then the brain drain would probably be something that would be interesting to see happen over several sessions. Yeah. Um, well, I guess yeah. you can do, I guess you can do both. One is sanity and one is, one is, yeah. one is sanity and one is fear. So you absolutely yeah. could do both, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, this definitely would though, add a, I think like a much, a, a, a big like level to your rules like game to have oh, both. Yeah sanity and fear having two more stats on top of everything that you're doing yeah i think that would i don't know if i would use these for one shots but i would use this for like arcs or longer campaigns for sure i would probably use the freak out meter for a one shot if i oh, yeah, felt yeah, yeah, yeah. it was chunky enough of like a a, a spooky thing you know because yeah. it's just a quick one-off kind of event um but yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think Freak Out Meter definitely reminds me of like the kind of like jump scare movies. And mm-hmm. the um brain drain definitely reminds me more of like the slow burn, like ratcheted up tension, yeah, like yeah. in the background kind of thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we have XP and leveling up. Um, if you want to continue uh, your quick start squishy one shot into a campaign, you're going to have to let the players get stronger over time. Um, uh, they're proposing two methods for gaining XP and leveling up. First is just the XP increase. It's a straightforward, simple method, getting more capable over time, passing milestones. Um, and I love milestone over XP leveling unless XP is gold. Um, or pulling off impressive feats... Um, i.e. scoring a headshot with a rifle or something like that. The players gain a point of XP, which they can spend to increase one of their stats by 5%, capping at 85. I, I That's clever. I really like that. Yeah, yeah it's good. Um, Super and then the, yeah, the B, the B movie Nitro. Uh, this is mechanic. Um, this one says, and I'm quoting, this is a mechanic I'm really proud of. It's one of the main <laughs> mechanisms in a more in-depth RPG system I have in the works called Legends of the Video Wasteland. Where is Legends of the Video Wasteland? Because I don't know. Uh, Emmett, let's come on. Shit up. Hold up. Yeah. Look that up. Um, so uh, it is intended uh, to mechanically illustrate the process of how heroes in genre movies become increasingly unkillable and unrealistically capable as their sequels progress, think Ash from Evil Dead. How it works is that when a player pulls off a risky maneuver or one-liner or something just straight-up cinematically badass, the game awards them a nitro point. A point of nitro can be spent to automatically pass any roll or shrug off any damage. If you save up five points of nitro, you can burn them to bring one stat up one level, i.e. from kind of good to okay. Doing this one will allow your character to take on a character class from the upcoming Legends of the Video Wasteland game and two of their feats. Come on, man. Give us this Legend of the Video Wasteland then. Um, so watch this yeah. space. Um, so, uh, so, I, so both are really interesting. Um, I think that the, the Nitro movie one obviously requires you to have Legend of the Video Wasteland associated with it um, because it specifically says that you get to take a character class from that game so you need that game to do it so i guess xp increases a way to go from there um psi and magic is the next one it adds another stat to the game similar to sanity um it can be used for psi or magic the gm can have this in play from the start or spring it mid game you can set your survival brains or moxie as your psi or magic point so survival brains or moxie if we're already using sanity which is your brains um what are you gonna do for uh, for Psy? I guess it could also be brains, but yeah, I would probably use Psy. I wouldn't want to use Moxie. Um, right, I sure. Moxie sucks. Would see a survival, possibly, but I would probably just go with um, brains. Gotcha. Um, failed magic costs one d ten sanity slash fear. So every time you fail magic, uh, you 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 reduce your sanity or fear stat by 10 percent, which i love i love magical failures i think they're really fantastic uh i i love the idea of magic being innately dangerous and anyone who chooses to yeah. fuck around with it can hurt themselves as much as help themselves so um there's low magic high magic and and psi in here which is cool low magic is mainly used on ritual and creation of sigils and talismans Players tell the GM what the intent of the magic is, um, and the GM makes a secret roll to see if they pass. We talked about secret rolls earlier. 
essentially the player making a monkey's paw style wish that can affect the course of events but not directly break the laws of physics and the starting threshold to pass is 15 percent but the players can spend magic points to raise their odds and xp to raise the base damn magic is hard in a low magic setting mm. 15 percent like roll that. in your yeah and you're spending xp to to increase it and, That's it, may, crazy. and it may not even be the thing you want i love yeah. that and and you're gonna and every time and if you fail it you're taking sanity damage damn that is that is that is how i love magic that is literally mm -hmm. exactly how i love magic really great yeah. Yeah. um psi psychic players can pick up one type of psychic specialty per and can add other specialties per level of nitro again we're getting to this nitro thing but it really ties into a game that i don't i don't see i don't know if you saw it on their itch page um um but uh we'll have to look into that so to use yeah. roll against the stat chosen to run psi um and take 1d 10 point of sanity fear when they use it failures cause a misfire uh, where the powers go wrong and blast out uncontrollably so same thing like you're just rolling under the stat that you chose for it um and it talks about pyrokinesis telekinesis cryokinesis electrokinesis telepathy and remote viewing um and then there is oh shit there's literally a weapon damage table so all that bitching and moaning that yeah, i was doing I, earlier i noticed that earlier but i didn't want to say yeah. anything we should just maybe that should be up where it talks about weapon damage. It, sh I think it probably, probably should. It probably should be quite earlier in in here because this is about magic and the weapon damage just kind of feels like tacked, tacked onto on. the stage. Yeah, it should definitely yeah. be in the yeah, combat section. Yeah, for sure. And then I wouldn't have had to complain so much. Um, high magic. <laughs> um they say i'm under the opinion that high magic should feel well magical duh so while maybe at some point i will put out a grimoire of interesting prompts for rituals or spells i really don't think a rigid list of this kind of projectile does this kind of number of damage is very exciting so if you want to play a wizard you can do magic any magic you tell the gym what kind of magic you want to do the gym says okay make a magic roll and the gm decides where this falls on the difficulty table so it gives a table here impossible is 95 percent. very hard is 80 Hard 75, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Simple as 25%. Um, to the player can spend magic points to raise their odds and XP to raise the base by 5% per point. So um, oh, shouldn't this be reversed? Am I wrong? Is Do you yeah, suddenly yeah, do like a I roll over? Backwards. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. So impossible should be 25% and simple should be 95%. Um, unless suddenly they, they go backwards on it. Um, so and basically they're like they they're basically saying hi magic, I I I'm addressing it, but I I'm not really caring a whole lot, which means you could have just not had it in here. You could have just had low magic be magic and got rid of this. Um, yeah, I'm I mean, fine with that. I could see I could see a reason why they might want to include it because there's plenty of plenty of great horror movies that include high magic like Wishmaster and uh, what is it Lord of Darkness or something like that. There there's a lot of really good '80s horror movies with like high magic but but you uh, think wishmaster is this version of high magic where a character is a wizard as opposed to the low magic where they get like one wish but it's not what they want kind of thing lord of illusions thank you insane ozo um i guess it's probably actually more low magic lord of illusions i think maybe might be more high magic but then again it is only one character yeah. um and I'm trying to think. I know that there's more i can't think off the top of my head what I'm they are like but... leprechaun right where you get yeah, one wish but it totally yeah. fucks you yeah yeah, um, but I think there's a valid reason to include this. I do think that 
and I don't hate the way that he wrote it, honestly. Like, I kind of, like, agree with what he said. I do think that maybe it just needed to be um, more... More? Yeah, maybe just... Like, I, I feel like it, there was less effort put into this specific section than there was for the low magic, like... Rules, yeah right well and it know? specifically says that they put less effort into it and i i just think that yeah. at that point if you're just gonna be like man let me slap it in this is where a ttrpg could just say i th then the core doesn't need it and i'll just have it in the expansion you know what i mean yeah, yeah. um hellraiser uh, absolutely so, would be high magic yeah for sure oh I yeah think, i think yeah um, cybernetics, a player wants to be a cyborg, no problem. Add a new stat, energy, um, or even just a lightning bolt mark will do. Set your brawn as your energy, pick a way to charge your cybernetic, batteries, power grid, whatever, and every time you want to use your augmentation, you have to roll against your current energy. Success or failure reduces the energy by D10. See, that, I think, is a, like, super quick, smart, yeah. sticks with yeah. it. That, I really, I love that. Um, again, weapon damage should be up at the top. Um in the combat section where it talks about doing damage. So the list here says uh, suggested weapon damage. Knives and hammers do D10 plus D10 per turn of bleeding. Club swords and machetes do 2D10. So plus D10 per turn of bleed, if bleeding. Um, small arms do 3D10. So literally your your baseball bat would do 2D10 and a gun would do 3D10. Rifles and shotgun do 3D10. I'd have a 20% chance of one-shotting at 2 HP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, well, ten if if Which is ten, fun. yeah. Um, rifles and shotguns, three D ten instant kill slash monster HP loss up close, um, and then explosives are instant kill slash reduce monsters to one HP, and claymores and giant clubs are instant kills. Um, and that's, that's about it. There's two random. That's funny. I, when I when I read claymore under explosive, I thought claymore mine. And I was like, oh. why is that not under the explosive section? <laughs> but then I remembered that it's also a sword. <laughs> a giant sword, yeah. Yeah. Um, random tables, there's two of them. Exploring a mystery shrouded town. So there's a D20 table. So let's just say number nine. It says, the bourbon kids are reporting an old lady knocking on their window at night, beckoning them towards the woods. There you go. Um, and then there's a random table for exploring a sinister mansion. We'll do number nine again. A room encrusted with slugs and snails. A decrepit figure sits in the center of the room on a wooden chair. It looks like a human-sized doll, but seems to be breathing. Something much larger than a slug can be heard moving around the cluttered furniture just out of sight. Um, and then there is exploring oppressive underground tunnels. Uh, number nine says the walls are lined with spikes, and below rickety floorboards lie more sharpened cruelty. A terrible place for an enemy to suddenly appear. Um, and then I love this. There is an art index by page. So it literally has page by page, um, all art by Mike Wasion. And it has oh. the name of each piece of art um, on it, which is really fantastic. I love that they gave a whole page to the artist. Um, and then the Except back cover. The only problem is I think that the pages are actually uh, misnumbered. Only because I think it might be the old Three, yeah yeah four. because uh the zine only goes to page um 21 20 and 21 but yeah the, i think they forgot uh, to update art, the page index yeah because okay. art uh shows down to page 23 but the zine only goes to page 21 so yeah uh just a little typo oh. there um but Whatever. still regardless i i, I do yeah. really like that they um that they have a whole page dedicated to the the artist, which is really cool. 
Um, and then, like we said, the back cover is the uh, table of contents, which again, I would have much preferred to be, instead of the back cover, to just be the end pages on the on the inside cover here. I think that would have been um, a better place to put it. Maybe have something like this on the back or, or something. Um, yeah. But that's it. That is squishy. Um, why don't we yeah. do a zine review of this real quick, and then we're going to talk about uh, Dead Horse a little bit. Dude, I really like this fucking game, though. Like, I and you know, I've been talking to Kristen about putting out a "This House Is Haunted" a, another another edition of that book this year, and I was just realizing how good that would go for something like this because the random tables in the back are perfect. Like, that's all you know. That's like stuff I included in that in that book last year. Um, I would love to. I should get in contact with this guy and see if we can we can work together because I think that'd be really cool. Hit him up. Um, the itch page, and because I, I I did say earlier that we were gonna do the, uh, we were gonna make sure we talk about the squishy TTRBG. Um, their itch page is sugary head. Um, uh, you know dot itch dot io. Um, let me throw that into the the chat here real quick. Um, and I'll pin that up there. So um, sugary head, and I did want to see uh what else is on the page to see if they um. There is uh, Indwelling Malevolence, which is a buyer terror reigns and survival TTRPG. There is um, some some point some point and click adventures, which look really really cool. There is Phobophobia, um, which is the point and click. There is the Squishy, oh uh, Squishy Campfire Carnage. Uh, you will die before the fire does. There is so there's another adventure besides um, the Halloween Babysitter and Dance to Your Dead. Uh, for squishy so i gotta snag that it's only four bucks um and then uh ta -ta -ta -ta, the terror zone of the astro creep and squishy so i do not see the game that they were referencing but hopefully um it will be coming out because if this is the quick start and that next one maybe is like this but expanded into a full game i would love to see that because i really enjoy yeah. this game a lot yeah i really i really do this is such a cool such a cool game i've been wanting to play this for a long time um well you know what? When we get to uh, when we get it's to side quest, yeah. Listen, for those out there listening, uh, try to hold me accountable. Uh, message me or, or drop a comment um, and follow on our stuff and say, hey, don't forget to start side quests. Um, so here we go. Uh, this is squishy. This is a zine. When we do no, most of our reviews for a, a for a full size game, we usually do five uh, metrics for zines. We have squished it down to. Three metrics so it is visuals rule set and vibes so what those means are visuals is the arts the which is the style the quality everything visuals also represents all of the like graphic design the the layout the readability the all the functionality all that stuff basically every, when you look at any aspect of this that's visuals right rule set is uh if it is a new rule set um is it good do we enjoy it um subjectively or objectively um and uh if it is an adapted rule set how well is it adapted and have they made it their own and vibes are a mix of like originality and just like how bad you want to play it why you want to play it so bad and just overall like does the zine itself speak to what the zine is and what it wanted to be and um even like does the description of the game um feel like what it was like once you finish reading it do you feel like you understand the game um and does it make you want to play the game that is what vibes are um mm. so visually 
Um, just thoughts overall before we get to the score. What are your thoughts overall visually? You're talking about quality, quantity, layout, everything for the art and everything. I mean, visually, it's fucking fabulous. Uh, this is like my shit. Um, like the gory, gory, sludgy flesh, intestines being like torn apart and asunder. Like that's the stuff I love. Um, the layout is incredible. Um, die like absolutely fucks seriously. Like this is just unbelievable. Um, the artwork is just amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I love it. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. I think, like you said, I, the art in general by Mike uh, Lassian, like like you said, um, is absolutely stunning. There's a lot of full page pieces of art for a zine this small too, which is really fantastic. Um, yeah. But the layout too, you know, uh, Merkborg had kind of got a bad rap for people being like, oh, I can't read it. It is an incredibly readable book when you really look at it. There's never a time where there's like a lot of texture behind font and stuff like that. And this layout is kind of similar. There's no really white pages, but there's never a time where the font, where the text isn't really black on white or white on black. It's yeah. very, very readable for still being very like graphically designed and art heavy. Um, yeah, visually, I think at the end of the day, like gruesome, gross horror is what the whole thing visually screams the entire time. And I think mm. that's exactly what it wanted to be. So visually, I think it's really, really, really well done. Um, I think I think it really kind of... Um, I, the one that it's going to really mirror for me as far as comparing it to other scores is going to be um, um, Below Dwellings or Mutants. I think yeah. visually it really hits the same thing. I mean, it's the same... That one's a little bit more sludge than gore, um, but it still hits the same thing. So, what are you thinking for uh, for for art for Blood Dwelling Super Mutants? We we did give a nine for the visual on that because for all the what? reasons that we said right now. Um, I had some stickers left from that book. Um, you know what? You gave BDSM a a, a nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I'm flipping through it right now. I I would. I would. I would match that honestly. Yeah, uh, I think that's just where I'm because at too. I think that the art is not 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 to knock the art in BDSM at all, but I think that the art in Squishy is 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 much better, um, or mu- much I, more. I shouldn't say better, but much more uh, visually like shocking, I guess, to me in a good way, yeah. way that makes me go, "Oh fuck yeah." You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I definitely um, think it's a different vibe. I love the fucking art in BDSM. Yeah, absolutely. But I definitely think I think I think there's more art in this as well too. I mean, it like it jumps off the page. Like it yeah. is. I'm not, I wasn't trying as to much say art it's not good art, there. obviously. But. Right, right. Just a little different. Speaks to you a little more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with a nine. I really think visually, what what I want from a zine, this gives me artistically. So I I, I can't think of anything better as far as quality, quantity, layout, all those kind of things. There's not really a, a loss at all uh, visually and all of that. Um, rule set, rule set. Okay, so it is ultra light. Um, and although I do like that, like I said, I think there are some parts that are, I think hand wavy in both a good way and a bad way. Um, I do really enjoy how simple it is. Um, so, but that's always kind of like a double-edged sword a little bit where do I feel like it's too simple at times where like I wouldn't mind like a little bit more to bite into it really this is 
this is where it gets hard to do both um, to be a little bit objective as opposed to subjective in this because it's really going to come down to how you feel about rule sets um if you like something this simple or if you want something a little bit more personally i really enjoy it but i wouldn't mind just a little bit more like i do feel like when it's slightly there's parts of it that are a little bit hand wavy that i feel like it's this war in my mind where it's saying is it hand wavy or is it under designed a little bit so i feel mm -hmm. like maybe there is maybe like 10% of this uh, in a couple areas, maybe a little bit less. That is maybe a little bit under design that could have been maybe um, like, I think high magic could have been a little bit, even though they say like, and my other issue too is where it specifically references a game that doesn't exist yet. I think you're, you're creating rules for something that you can't use. So that kind yeah. of, yeah. So I think it's about 10% of the game that's a little bit underdeveloped, but, and I think it was because the game it's it's a quick start. And I think it does, this does feel like once you, hear about that other game maybe this is supposed to like lead into that um but then that kind of takes away from the game being standalone so um yeah i, I like i said i really enjoyed the game but i do feel like maybe it is just like a little bit undercooked on the edges just a smidge um what do you think yeah no i totally agree i i especially the the parts that mention um his future game i was kind of a little bit like you know you you didn't have to especially for the B movie nitro uh, section for experience and leveling up. I feel like you could just have explained how it works and kind of left it at that. Um, tying a game that doesn't exist yet into here kind of like drags me out of, out of the space a little bit. Um, the rules overall though, I, I like the, I like the vagueness to a degree i think i agree with you i think that some of some of it is a bit too empty um however i do also think that some of that had to do with just like a layout choice um which i don't know if it's necessarily layout choice on the on the graphic design end as much as layout in the actual writing of the game um like the weapon damage that section could have clarified so much for us if it was oh. way earlier on in the book yeah right so just but, yeah that's if we were in, if we were in um if we were in like a full like five metric game that mm -hmm. would definitely fall into like the functionality layout section because that's a big beef we have sometimes where it's just like why did you put this section here when if it was 20 yeah. pages earlier you would answer a lot of questions completely agree with that 100 percent. yeah so i like for me like that that kind of like doesn't knock points away but that just kind of made it a little bit difficult to like parse like okay am i just guessing at this and then like all the last page of the book you're like oh wait that's about that's how it works um but mm -hmm. overall I, th I feel like the system is is extremely simple for a uh the rule set is extremely simple for especially for players who are like you come over to watch a movie and then your fucking power goes out or some shit like you have a bunch of people over to watch fucking friday friday the 13th or something you know and whatever um, you could throw this on the table and make characters in literally like 10 seconds and then play Friday the 13th real quick. Like, I just feel like that would be pot. You could do that. Um, so I kind of like that, but I do agree that some of the things are just a little too, a little too hand wavy. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's just a little bit, uh, just a, just a touch undercooked. Um, and it, like, it's, like, it does feel like maybe it's because it is a quick start for maybe something more. Um, but I wish it was just a little bit more standalone. Not to say it's not great. Like you said, it, I love, I probably my favorite part really is how how um, abstracted the character creation part is. I really enjoy that. Um, 
it's just yeah like i wouldn't mind just a little bit more in this maybe another page or two so what yeah. are, what are you thinking for for this uh, um, i'd probably go with like a mid seven yeah i think seven is exactly where it was because yeah so five five is bang average but this is also kind of like um I feel like we say five is bang average, but we don't do bad games. So we don't really get to five. So this almost feels a little bit like uh, like high school a little bit, like 100% on a paper versus 90% on a paper versus 70% on the paper. Yeah. Still passing, still average, like that's fine. But if you got 50% on the paper, like, I mean, you didn't get a zero. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I think yeah. seven feels good for this. Um, vibes. I mean, I, I like it a lot. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I definitely want to play it. Uh, very soon um i actually am in a um horror creators tick uh tiktok creators discord that um with some really cool people who are like filmmakers and all kinds of stuff and i've been talking about running liminal horror in there um but now i'm kind of like i kind of want to run this in there instead because like liminal horror obviously fucking fantastic game i love it um and i definitely want to run it but most of these people are extremely busy and have a lot of stuff going on so running the mall or the bureau is not really something I could really do unless I just like cranked out the story really fast and made everything work and within like a two hour session. But like this, I feel like I could just pick up, just do a quick pickup game for like an hour and a half and just like, you know, once everybody dies, the game's over. Like, fuck it. You know, like, I feel like that's great. It would be the perfect kind of game for that kind of situation. Um, so I definitely am excited to try and uh, run this. Um, the artwork really just drags me in like yeah like it, this is one of the games that like it, fuck the i don't fucking know what the discourse is but fuck the discourse like i i you know I, if you tell me that this doesn't give you the vibes of what the game is telling you telling you the vibes are supposed to be um or that that's not relevant or important like I, you can go fuck yourself uh yeah <laughs> like i i, I... I couldn't agree more. I, I, yeah. I really do. I think I think the vibes are super high on this. So so vibes in general is really it, it really comes down to like once you once you finish the zine, once you've read the rules, once you've looked at the visuals, like, you know, really like originality is tossed in this too. Have you played a lot of other like super gore horror games? Um mm -hmm. Uh, that's kind of tossed in here too. It's also kind of like the default. Like if there's something that really stands out that doesn't fit in the other two, it goes in here. I think it's I think it's really good. I think it's high vibes. I want to play it. I'm gonna be honest. Like when when we are comparing this to something like Below Dwelling Super Mutants, when I finished that, I did want to play that one a little bit more than this. I really enjoy this. Um, but I think I felt like the the my issue with this is the rule set for me does kind of it it does i don't know drag it down just a little bit for me like the feeling how it's a little bit like underdeveloped as you finish the zine kind of makes me like slightly less excited for playing it so it takes it down just like a notch for me but this is definitely one that i want to play super bad like that's not to say that this isn't fantastic that i think this oh, is yeah, a, for sure. a wonderful game with fantastic art um but just objectively and when comparing it to other things so i'm probably i mean we gave we gave bdsm a nine um this is not a nine for me which is like almost perfect this is i don't know this is between a seven and an eight for me um yeah that's kind of where i was at i was thinking i was thinking eight because of the because it is kind of perfect for like my situation um but i could definitely see a seven working just because of the, the i mean having that kind of fading rules at the end of the book kind of kind of 
diminishes the excitement just a tiny bit, but not too much. No, but then but then you flip through it and you see this page that I, I brought up like yeah. a million times, and you're just like, fuck. You know? That's um, gonna be my whole back my whole back piece is gonna be that. It's <laughs> so fucking good. Just just uh they I think they liked our tweet. Just reach out to Mike Blasian. Uh really fantastic, really, really awesome. You should definitely get them a dead horse too. Um but yeah, um what do you wh- where are you at? Seven or an eight? Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be harsh this week and say seven. Okay, I'm down with that. I was okay being a little bit harsh too. So um I'm usually nine very, plus... very, very not harsh. <laughs> you are, you are. You're like, well, I'm gonna give it all tens. We're like, Everybody we gets a that. ten, baby. Yeah. We, can, we can't we can't do that. Um but yeah, so this is a um uh, it's 14 plus 9 is a 23 overall, and that puts it at the same score. That actually gives it the same score as Skate Wizards, uh, which I think is um, which is good, because I do think that shines in different ways comparatively. Um, oh, yeah. So I think that feels really, really good. Pax and Blades was a 21, um, as far as when we're talking about zine scores and stuff. So I do, uh, I do think that the art really elevated it um, above and beyond that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think this feels good. And um, that is uh, that is squishy. So another reason that our de facto third host uh, is here tonight is to talk about Dead Horse issue one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kick over to this page here. And what t- pray tell is Dead Horse? All right, Dead Horse is our for our new, I guess, horror anthology magazine that Disaster Tourism is publishing. Um, kind of started as a something else, and then uh, I just kind of moved into it being a horror anthology after I don't even know, like maybe like four or five days of kicking it around as an idea. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just so fucking happy with this magazine. It is just so good. Um, we've got 30 plus, uh, contributors in this magazine. Um, there's fiction, uh, short fiction, there's game entries, there's solo games, there's game, gameable material, there's poetry, there is, um, a lot of artwork from a bunch of different artists um it's just it, it's fucking fantastic i i'm i'm this is like one of the coolest things i think that i've ever done like i'm just and i didn't even actually do anything in the magazine <laughs> i just uh, i just have been like the project manager and like kind of like doing all the financial stuff and like marketing and all that stuff behind the scenes but like i you know i am uh this is literally the coolest thing that i've ever put together and i'm so happy with it it's so cool. Um, ask me questions about it. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what? What was the impetus for starting the the magazine in the first place? Like, what? What is? Well, like, why did you want to do? First of all, why Dead Horse? Uh, Dead Horse was the name of my my disaster tourism newsletter. Still is, mm-hmm. but I um, uh, and that started as me beating a dead horse and talking about discourse and then i was like i shouldn't do that um but i just liked the name because the name was cool um so i stuck with it uh and then it just kind of turned into that after a little bit i i i wanted to i wanted to do like a a game magazine that focused on like creators of games and then like featured 
um like uh entries from a bunch of different contributors like kind of around that topic of that game um but and so i you know i have a nick from goblin archives we did an interview with him in this first issue and so our topic was uncanny or unsettling horror um after i kind of set that up i was like you know what fuck this it's not going to be a tabletop game exclusive thing it's just going to be a horror magazine because i just love horror uh it's like my favorite fucking thing in the world so i just want it to be a horror magazine um i talked to christian christian sorrel um meat castle gameware got a lovely t-shirt there um they're they're our editor-in-chief um and my partner Kristen is the art director for the magazine and we just kind of decided you know what fuck it it's it's a horror magazine like we'll just go crazy with it and see what happens next time but we got a lot of good submissions in here um wasps by david garrett is just incredible uh it's probably uh one of the fucking weirdest things weirdest most uncomfortable stories um i actually did a voiceover recording for it that i'm going to eventually put on the website here um and then uh yeah we've got a really cool solo game from exeant press called music and its roar we've got a, a comic and a solo game about giant mutant cockroaches from nova Cento manfredi uh yeah there's like tables there's little tiny mini games there's short fiction longer fiction with like like christian's christian's entry here can you keep a secret has like uh actual like stats for you to include the fictional creature in his entry in your various rpg games if you wanted to do that we've got a couple entries kind of like that just really cool stuff and i really want to do uh more stuff like this but expand that more focus more on like the writing aspect of it but still leave it open for gameable materials because i feel like there's a lot of stuff in in both camps but there's not really anything that's kind of in the middle right there's a lot of game stuff there's a lot of fiction and poetry but there's not like anything that really just like is all of it and uh so that's yeah that's what that is i just talked a lot about it it's good stuff yeah no it's really fantastic i love that it's uh, the the progression from it being like a ttrpg magazine to kind of like a ttrpg adjacent magazine i think is really fantastic because yeah um i mean a lot of i mean you are a a, a fantastic tabletop uh, role-playing game designer so to completely divorce yourself from that, I think would would almost be like a disservice. Um, and also, a lot of the people that we that we all, that we know, I think a lot of people that are your friends yeah. and stuff like that are also in the scene. So to have something that can bridge that gap, like you just said, between um, fiction and still having gameable material, I think not only speaks to the people that are going to be reading it, but I also think speaks to a lot of incredibly um, talented, creative people um, that you and I know. Uh, that want to write for it. So, I mean, yeah. I think there are plenty of people that have fantastic prose, but also, like like you just said here, um, have a little bit of gameable material um, that could be thrown in. That It's absolutely fantastic. I mean, is the plan going forward? I mean, it sounds like it's going to constantly evolve. Um, as of right oh, now, it is a horror magazine. Definitely. Yeah. But the plan is to kind of keep it as that bridge, right? To be able to have like some gameable material um, mixed Absolutely. in with with all the fiction going forward. So it's never going to be completely divorced from the from the scene. I don't think so. I mean, I I I really think it's very interesting to see people that I only know of writing game 
entries and game books and things to submit just short fiction and it's like wow these people like you had said wow they really actually have some chops like with their prose like this is actually good shit or we had like two or three poems i think submitted that one of them i we really wanted to include but we just couldn't and i was just like you know these are really good like these people are actually really good writers like this is you know it's not surprising but like when you're writing game rules it's not the same as writing like just fiction or you know so it's it's interesting um expanding on the magazine in the future is it's going to be whatever it turns out to be but i will i'm never going to turn down game entries like i i think that the the ones we got for this this specific um issue our first issue um we got way more than i wanted to be honest just because i was like i wanted like maybe like 30 percent that 30 percent art 30 percent fiction and poetry kind of thing and we ended up with probably like 60 percent game entries and probably like 20 percent fiction and like 15 or 20 percent artwork which i'm not complaining we got a lot of fucking really good stuff um and it was really hard to pick everything but i do hope to kind of hit like a balance with that in the future where as we spread out and get bigger and get more people to submit things, we can get a really good, like really like difficult to choose from pool of material from all over the writing spectrum and art spectrum too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know. It'll evolve. We'll see what happens. But I mean, the game, the game entries, like there's no reason not to include them if they're fun and, and creepy and cool. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. What um what happens? So I I I I'm not a magazine editor and whatnot. What happens to the entries that aren't chosen? Do they just the the person that created them just just has them, or um is there going to be like a dead horse B sides that just like they get put to somewhere that people can have like downloads for it or something? Or like what's what's the what happens with 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 that? Um, for anybody that didn't get chosen for this issue, I mean they're welcome to submit this if they want to submit the same piece again for the next one, they're welcome to do that. Um, they're also everybody. So the magazine is profit share. So everybody retains full rights of their work. So a lot of people may choose to go on and publish their own thing. Like if they wrote a little game for the magazine and it didn't get published, it didn't get chosen, they can put it on their itch and sell it. Like the people who did get chosen can also put it on their itch and sell it. They can print it in their own book if they want. They can send it to another anthology if their fiction is good enough and they want it to print in another anthology. It's all, that doesn't, none of that is relevant to me. I don't care what they do with their work. Um, the only thing I care about is trying to get people to buy this magazine so that everybody can make more money off of their work because, you know, the more issues that sell, the more that person gets paid out based on their share, you know? Yeah. So. What, um, so what, so talk about that, uh, that, that model a little bit, um, with, uh, the whole profit share thing and everything like that, which is also, I think, different than a lot of what magazines do. So just, yeah, uh, why sure. did you go with that model? And, um, and, and I, you know, I'm in your discord as well. So there's been a lot of transparency with a lot of that stuff. Just kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm, fu I'm fucking communist. So that's what, <laughs> that's one reason, but, uh, you know, I, I, as as enticing as it is even now looking at the numbers of sales um like i'm to be like oh man that would be so nice to have that money as profit and like you know scrubbing my dirty little greedy hands together um i'm still like no like this uh, it doesn't have to be like these people 
submitted work to something that I organized, but this is their work. They deserve to be paid like an equal share of like the the labor that they put into it you know we put a lot of labor into the into the magazine Kristen and i and christian um put a lot of work into this like a lot um but that doesn't mean that the people who submitted their written work didn't also put in you know they may not have put i wouldn't necessarily say on a meter that they put in the same amount of labor as me and Christian and Kristen, because we had a lot more things to hand. We, you know, Christian had to edit every single, every single written entry. Um, and Kristen had to do all of the art direction, all the layout for the entire magazine, go over several things, dozens of times, you know, dozens of hours on that, uh, on that front. And me, I've just been, you know, making spreadsheets like crazy and figuring out all these financial things and trying to, you know, find the best printers and all the, all the numbers is, is not easy um but that all that to say like these people still submitted work that they deserve to be paid for um and a lot of anthology magazines and stuff they might pay you like 20 or 30 bucks if it's a smaller one and you know good for them that's that's fine if that works for them that's great but i would hope that i can provide a lot more than that with whatever little reach i have through this magazine and it also helps because if somebody is is really excited about their entry being chosen and the magazine is, is really cool. They're going to want to sell it. It's not just like, thanks for my $25. I'll take a comp copy, have fun. It's like, thanks for my comp copy. Everybody should go buy this because the more you buy, the more I get paid for my work. Like, I just think that's cool. You know, I just, I want everybody to work that way. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's about um, labor, um, getting the the fruits of that labor, yeah. as opposed to yeah. one fucking robber baron uh, just choosing to uh, take all of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the magazine seems fantastic. I'm really excited for it. Maybe one day um, I'll put a little entry into it. Maybe there's a little something in there uh, because uh, above and beyond just all that, there there's ads in here too. Yes. Um, yeah, some really, yeah, really right. fantastic, cool stuff from some, some, some cool people. Um, There's a podcast and, or something called like the, yeah. the Adventure Archive and the Weekly Scroll or something. Like that. Something, yeah. something's in there. Yeah, but <laughs> um, and then yeah, just I mean, when you go through the actual the the list of contributors, it's it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, I don't want to. It's up here on the screen um, for those that see it, but I mean, and without you know not listing everybody but you know people that we we speak with a lot exeunt press who put your your um the video together that's been playing mm -hmm. on here i mean like you said christian cassie mothwin is even in here who yeah. is like one of the sweetest people ever but has also written some like really dark horror stuff which is which is interesting yeah. with the uh the grope man are, and whatnot there are two names missing from this list that i just actually added in tonight uh to the actual magazine because i spaced on them but that is wh arthur and uh and Richard Kelly. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned them because they're not on the screen. So if, yeah. if they're happening to be watching, know that I remembered your names. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but uh, yeah, really great list. I mean, Silicondre too. Like this is, it, it's a fantastic list of, of writers and artists, you know, Gene Byrne, Tony Jaguar, like just a fantastic list across all of this. I'm super excited for it. Um, it's in pre-order right now, right? Yeah, it's in pre-order on our website. Um, you can get the, so the pre-order is $20 uh, for the physical print. And if you buy it in pre-order, you'll get a free copy of the PDF as soon as it's ready, which will be next Monday. Uh, and after the pre-order is over, 
it'll still be 20 bucks for the print, but it'll be $10 for the digital, $20 for the print, and $25 for print and digital. Um, so if you want the digital for free and you want to get it a little bit in advance, pick up the pre-order now. Um, and all of the, that one thing I did want to mention is uh, talking about the profit share thing, all the financials, I'm keeping an open record of that in a public spreadsheet that I have on the website that you can click and you can look and you can see every contributor's name, every person on the staff, the people who worked on it, how many shares everybody gets, um, how many wholesale sales we have, how many retail pre-order sales we have and, and in the future, how much they all cost, what the cost of the book was, how much the share sale is, all that stuff. Everything is completely public. I'm trying to keep myself extremely transparent with this because I want people to be encouraged to also submit because they know that I am doing my best to be as transparent as possible with the financials um, and all the profit, the actual like final ass net profit of this is going to be divided out equally for everyone like that's you know that's my goal so fantastic i mean i i'm super excited to get this physically in hand um you said the digital will be ready next monday so how long are pre-orders open for it i don't know if you said it until monday yeah so the digital until... as soon as pre-orders close everybody that pre-ordered is should be getting an email like that day or the next day whenever i get the time to actually sit down and do it uh to send out the pre-order download links and uh, you'll get the the PDF. I'm trying to figure out if I can get an actual like Mobi or EPUB version of this that can like go onto an e-reader. Eventually, I'd like to uh, to put this on on Amazon's Kindle um, thing so I can get some sales on there too. But I'm having some issues with the transference of that. But um, so it'll likely be PDF Monday or Tuesday of next week, gotcha. and that that is when pre-orders will close. Gotcha. So that would be uh, July 10th or 11th next week if you were listening to this. Um, in the future, you missed out. But um, if you're hearing it anytime soon, definitely go snag that. It's going to be absolutely worth it. Um, I see 002 is already uh, listed on the website at least. So if that's already in the works, very excited for number two to go. And for the this video, uh, that will open next week as well. Um, so they're going to be open for like six months though. It's not going to be any, there's not going to be any rush for that, but it's going to okay. be open starting next week. And then physicals get into our hands roughly. If all things go perfectly. End of July, hopefully. End of July. Oh, okay, fantastic. As long as yeah. Mixum isn't too slow, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. So Mixum print magazine, um, $20 right now on pre-order to get the print when it prints and then the PDF next week um for free and then after next week you're going to do 25 for print and digital you definitely want to get this you definitely want to not only um read all the amazing stuff from these fantastic creators but also go check out the rest of their stuff really excited for that really excited for more projects like this i think you're doing a fantastic job i think it's really really amazing for the industry and the space to really um you know like each other instead of just talking okay. shit on the on on the hell site um so yeah. really cool really fantastic and again check out everything from kirby um including a couple of their new t-shirts that that have come oh, out recently um let's talk about <laughs> this one although i do i do uh i'm not a fan of the old the old cats here give me one second um, yeah, ryan hates cats <laughs> i do they're terrible but the the shirt is fucking dope 
Sabo disaster cat. tourism. Yeah. And then, uh, and also I convinced Kirby to, uh, to add the comfort colors, the Hanes comfort color shirt to the, to the collection. Um, and I highly recommend it. It's a heavyweight, just it's the comfiest shirt ever and now i get a bunch of them because of course i'm gonna grab this one and i don't know what this could possibly be a reference to here it's this it's this interesting yeah. like logitech game controller it's um, a weird controller talking about some kind of disaster tourism thing i'm not really sure but yeah really definitely. really interesting so yeah. uh, a couple of a couple of dope shirts on disaster tourism games um if you want to uh find the dead horse it is what is the site that goes directly to that deadhorse.pub deadhorse.pub yep Yep, and you'll find all the links to that. It also takes you to Disaster Tourism Games or everything like that. So, listen, that was Squishy. This was Dead Horse. Kirby, always fantastic. Um, you know, this is our, once again, our, our de facto third host here. Um, you'll be seeing you'll be seeing them. Um, I think I got to talk to you about another another one in maybe a couple of weeks. We'll talk about something. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going on with that. But, Kirby, once again, thank you so much for being here. And thank you, everyone, for being thank in you. chat. And uh, if you're listening, uh, like we said, you can find Kirby's, um, all of their stuff at disastertourism.games. You can find us at the.weekly.scroll on Instagram. My goal tonight is to finally update it. I finally, I did all the socials. I just have to post them. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at the Adventure Archive. Um, we are we are climbing higher and higher on that um, and may eventually switch our streaming from Twitch all the way to YouTube. So we'll talk about that. But if you are listening and want to just hit that subscribe button, that would actually be fantastic for us um and you can find us uh as long as it still exists on twitter at weekly underscore scroll so you guys all have a wonderful night and we'll see you later bye yeah